This week on the podcast, we are addressing the number one thing working moms need to be freed from, guilt. Guilt is an emotion that tends to plague all working moms, and it's constantly telling us that we're not good enough. But for most of us, we never actually question the guilt. We just assume that the feeling is true and we believe that we're not as good as we could be. No more. Ambitious working moms. We are going to address this guilt straight on. In this podcast, we're going to talk about where it comes from, how we can create our own criteria for determining if we're good moms, and then I'm going to give you a simple three-step process to help free you from guilt whenever it decides to pop in. You ready? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Ambitious and Balanced Working Mom Podcast, the place for women who want to balance their ambitious career goals with their life as a mom. If you're looking to feel more confident, decisive, and productive at both work and home, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Rebecca Olson. Let's get to it. Okay, working moms, I'm writing this as I sit on vacation away from my entire family for the past four days. It's now the first time I have been traveling since COVID, so it's been about 18 months, and I didn't do it with my husband or my kids. I did it just for me. And it sort of feels appropriate that the subject of this podcast is guilt, because I know that for many working moms, taking time away like this doing something just for them, you know, spending money on just them, taking a vacation just for them causes or stirs up lots of feelings of guilt. And it also seems fitting that this podcast is going to be released just after the 4th of July, just after we celebrate our country's independence, because guilt might just be the number one thing we as ambitious working moms need to be freed from. We need freedom from guilt. We need liberation from this feeling like we are doing something wrong and like we're not enough. That is what I want for all working moms. And so in this podcast, we're going to be talking all about how you can free yourself from guilt. Okay, so what is guilt really? Let's get on the same page about what it is and what it's not. Guilt is the feeling that arises when we feel we've done something wrong. It has some similarities to to shame or regret. As working moms, more specifically, guilt is that feeling that arises when we feel we have wronged our kids. Like our kids have gotten the short end of the stick. Like our kids haven't been prioritized or like our kids haven't gotten enough time with us, right? When we simply feel we haven't been the best mom to them, that is when working mom guilt shows up. And so here's what's really important to understand about working mom guilt. It's not factual, meaning we haven't actually wronged our kids. We haven't actually given them the short end of the stick or the the smallest straw, right? We aren't talking about our judicial system where there is a clear law that you break and thus are considered guilty or not. 
Because when it comes to working mom guilt, there, there really isn't an actual law. There's just our perceived standards. So we feel guilt not based on any actual truth, but based on expectations that likely for many of us, we've never questioned before. Now, this is really important to understand because there, there really is nothing universal about being a good mom, right? There's no right. There's no wrong. There are no laws. You simply get to decide what being a good mom is and if you are living up to that standard. So when we talk about finding freedom from guilt, this really is the starting point, deciding your standard. What does being a good mom mean to you? We want to question all of our assumptions about this. The big one that we really need to be questioning is time. Because as working moms, we tend to have less time with our kids, right? But there is no set amount of time that you need to be with your kids in order for you to be a good mom. Time and being a good mom do not have anything to do with each other. More time does not make you a better mom. It doesn't make you more attentive. It doesn't make you more loving. It doesn't make you anything. Time is really irrelevant. I want you to really, really question this assumption because most working moms never really do. They live by this unquestioned rule that they should be spending more time with their kids, more and more time with their kids usually, and they carry that guilt along with them at all times. I remember myself after heading back to work after my first was born, and I I experienced a lot of guilt. My commute was 60 minutes each way, which meant I saw my daughter basically when I nursed her just before I left, and then I would I would go in a little bit early so that I could leave early and try to beat a little bit of the commute traffic, and I would pick her up as early as possible. Because she was an early-to-bed kid, sometimes as early as 5.30 or 5.45, that gave me usually less than 90 minutes with her before she went to sleep. It never felt like enough. And I felt guilty because I thought I should be the one to spend the most time with her during the day, that I should be the one to, to see her first. I assumed that she wasn't getting as much attention or love and care like I would give her. I was failing her. I felt like I was a terrible mom, and I experienced a lot of guilt as a result. I know this story is very similar to to many of you out there because I talk to so many working moms that resonate with it. For a lot of us, this is our reality. We spend a little time with our kids in the morning, maybe enough to get them to school if we're lucky, And then a few hours before they go to bed, and that's it. Now, here's the thing. If the amount of time we spend with our kids is what makes us good parents, if that was was true, an actual fact, then every stay-at-home mom would be better than every working mom. That would just be a universal fact because stay-at-home moms spend lots more time with their kids than working moms. But of course... We all know that that's absurd. And for many of us, because we describe ourselves as being ambitious, because our career is a big part of who we are and what we want out of life, we know that we would actually be worse parents if we stayed home. That working is actually a contributing factor to what keeps us sane and makes us good. Okay, so. If it's not time, what is it? 
what makes you a good mom? I'm going to give you a couple of my thoughts on this right now, but I want you to answer this question for yourself. Take the time to sit down and really consider what you being a good mom really means. What's your criteria that you want to measure that by? Here are a few from my list. I have four of them to share with you. The first piece of criteria in my book for me to be a good mom, again, this is not universal. This is not what makes everybody a good mom. It's just what I have determined for me is most important. The first thing is that I really want to give them my full focus and presence when I'm with them. That's kind of the heart of being good at anything, I think. It's it's kind of the ability to get your brain and your body in the same place at the same time because it allows you to, to really catch the nuances of the moment and to think more creatively and in depth. And I really do believe that this moment is the only moment you really can derive pure joy from. And so to put all of myself into my kids requires that I'm fully there with them when I'm actually with them. This is the number one for me. It doesn't matter how much time I spend with them, but the time I do spend with them needs to be quality. The second criteria for being a good mom for me is being a leader of their overall development as a human. Now, leading is the important word to me. I'm not just letting life happen to them, which, I mean, life happens. Of course it does. But I want to lead. I want to guide them through it. I want to guide them through teach, teachable moments. I want to raise them or lead them to the best of my ability to be a certain type of human, right? I want them to be kind and adventurous and curious and persistent and a good communicator and confident and emotionally intelligent. So what this means is that I take the time when I'm present with them to really talk to them intentionally about what it means to be kind when somebody is left out at school, or what it means to try hard and to get back up on that bike after you fall, and what it means to to not be picked by your teacher that day and instead of getting really upset, just say, oh, well, maybe tomorrow. What it means to give gifts and be excited for other people's special days and achievements. I want to ask them, you know, how are you feeling? How do you think your brother feels when you do that to him, right? I, I want to give intentional guidance and leadership to really craft the person that they are going to be. I want to have influence over that. Of course, I know that they are not going to be exactly the kind of people I want them to be, that they are their own humans and so forth, but I want to influence that as much as possible. Okay, my third criteria is fostering their curiosity and interests. I want to be a mom that really gives my kids opportunities to experience the things that they're interested in. Now, this does not mean that I want them to try every sport or every activity. I want to put them in every type of camp. I want to give them everything that they ask for. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that I want to observe their natural interest and give them some opportunity to expand on it and then also to like gently nudge them towards activities and experiences and ways of life that are a, a bit outside their comfort zone. So for my daughter who is 6 right now, for example, she has really above average physical coordination and she's kind of always been that kid that was the first to be able to do the monkey bars and 
climb things and walk across things and jump and figure out how to kind of get her body or move her body in the way that she needs to. She loves to rock climb. She's very adventurous because she really trusts her physical coordination. And this usually this has been long before other kids are are able to do those things. So she kind of has this natural draw towards something like gymnastics. And so we have started to explore that with her. But what she has not really shown interest in is is kind of anything sports related that involve like a ball, softball, soccer, basketball, kind of anything like that hasn't seemed to interest her because she just isn't as coordinated at it. But we still kind of get out there. Every once in a while, we choose to hit a ball around or bring the soccer ball somewhere because we really want to help her, you know, get better hand-eye coordination and, and maybe find a little bit of interest in fostering that skill. We want to push her to do something or gently nudge her to do things that aren't always within her natural tendencies. My fourth piece of criteria for what it means for me to be a good mom is that I want to live with integrity. I want to walk the talk, right? I never want to say, just do as I say, not as I do. I never want to be a mom that says that. That has just never been my parenting philosophy. And when I say my kids can't have screen time, sometimes what that means is that I don't get it either, right? I have to take a break and I have to model for them taking a break just as I require them to do. And I've also decided what living with integrity means is that I'm talking the walk. You know, what I've learned is that I have to share with my kids my experiences and my emotions and my desires. I need to share with them like when I go after something, when I try hard at something and it doesn't work out and I, and I feel bummed about it. I need to share with them when I feel pride over something that I've created. I want to celebrate with them in those moments. I want to share with them or I need to share with them sometimes when I just need a little space or I need a little alone time or I'm having an emotional moment, right? I want to share with them what gets me excited and why I do the work as, that I do as a coach. I want to model and explain why I do what I do. That's really what living in integrity means to me as a parent. Okay? So now it's your turn. What specifically is important to you when it comes to being a good parent? This is going to be a really huge help for your brain when you get very clear on it, because right now your brain is sort of just guessing at what it means to be a good parent because you haven't really told it otherwise. It's using other people's criteria. It's using what it sees on social media. It's using what it sees in you know movies and just everything else that's out there. It's trying to find some level of criteria for gauging how good of a parent you are. And we just want to direct that, right? Our brains crave clarity. They want to know that the path that you're on, the way that you're headed is the way that you want to be headed. Your brain wants to know what it means to be a good mom so it can help you become that person and let all of the other things go. Now, this list that you create for yourself, it's going to become really useful when guilt begins to show up, right? That's what this podcast is all about. It's about freedom from guilt. That freedom from guilt starts with creating your own criteria, your own kind of set of standards for how you want to measure yourself as a parent, right? Because we, again, we don't want to be measuring yourself and how good you are as a parent against something that is unnamed or some assumption that you have out there. We want to get your brain really 
clear about it. And so what's going to happen is this list is going to be really useful to you because guilt is going to show up. It's one of those emotions that we sort of don't even always realize it's there. It it works in the background a lot of times, and we want to shed some light on it. And that's really what we want to do next. We want to, whenever guilt arises, we want to question it. We want to free ourselves from it and decide for whatever reason guilt is there if we really believe it or not. So you can really use this process I'm about to give you, this three-step process in two ways. You can sit down and write out the times that you feel guilty, right? Or just take an assessment right now, you know, what are some scenarios in your life that you feel guilty about? And then follow these steps. Or you could kind of use it in the moment when you realize that you're feeling guilty, you can stop and follow these three steps. So here they are. These are the, the three steps to freeing yourself from mom guilt. Ask yourself first, what does my brain think that I have done wrong? So that's the first question. It's an important question because remember, guilt is all about that feeling that you've done something wrong. It accompanies feeling like you've done something wrong. And so the first question is to just question that. What does my brain think that I've done something wrong? Notice that I'm not saying, what have I done wrong? We're not assuming that it is wrong. We're just asking what your, what your brain is noticing right now that thinks is wrong. And then the second question is, is it true? Is it true that that's wrong? Question that at the core. And then the third question, what do I believe is true instead? So for example, if you feel guilty for taking time to work out on the weekend, taking time for yourself, ask yourself, what does my brain think has gone wrong? Oh, I see. It thinks that I haven't spent enough time with my kids and that I'm prioritizing me over them. Is that really true? Hmm. No, I spend just as much time as I can with them during the week. And I know that when I have some time to myself, I'm actually a better mom to them. So what do I believe instead? I believe that working out is important for the short term and my long-term health. I'm teaching my kids the importance of a healthy body And I know that I will re-engage with them and be more focused and present with them when I do. See how that's working here? That's really it. You can do this really any time that you feel guilt. Just follow these three questions. Let me give you another one. So let's say you feel guilty every time you drop your kid off at daycare. So you're asking yourself, what does my brain think has gone wrong here? Oh, my brain thinks that they're not getting the quality care they should be getting, like they could be getting if I was home with them. Now, is that really true? Well, no. I did my research when finding this particular daycare. I feel awesome about them. They send me pictures all of the time. I know what she's up to. I actually love the fact that she's getting so much socialization at daycare in a way that I would never be able to give to her if I was home. I think she's learning her ABCs, her numbers. She's she's learning the animals. She's learning all sorts of things that I just probably would never have even thought I could teach her at such a young age. Okay, so what do I believe is true instead? I believe that 
really giving quality care to my child isn't just about me being with them. It's about doing my due diligence and really putting a lot of care into the people that I've chosen to watch after my kids and believing 100% that she is actually getting better care because she is at daycare than I think she probably could get with just me. Okay, so that's it. You want to question your brain and use your own criteria for determining the expectation. And that's why it's really important to know what your criteria is so that you can answer that third question. You know, what do I believe is true instead is basically just looking at your criteria and saying, no, I don't really believe that me being home with my child all the time is going to be the best thing for my kid. That's not what's most important. That's not what's going to shape her to be the best human she can be. It's about putting her and influencing her with other people that care for her and love her and that can give her the breadth of knowledge and experience. It doesn't just have to be me that does that. Okay, so ambitious working moms, you are remarkable. I want you to really remember that. You're remarkable. You are teaching your kids some amazing things about what it means to be a good human, to do good work, and to be amazing moms. I believe it. I believe in you. And you can too. All right, working moms, let's be freed from guilt this week and let's get to it. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. If you're looking to create a life where your career and your home life never feel at odds, where you're working less but achieving at the same level, a life without regret where you know you are doing exactly what you want to be doing, then join the Ambitious and Balanced Working Moms Collective. This is a group of ambitious working moms who believe that work-life balance is possible for them and are committed to creating it. The program includes 30 short videos and workbooks that teach you how to create the building blocks of a balanced life, as well as weekly group coaching and in-depth support within a private working moms community. Oh, and did I mention that when you join the community, you get lifetime access That means you have access to coaching and material to help support your balanced life in every season. You can find out more information and sign up for the collective on my website at www.rebeccaolsoncoaching.com forward slash collective.